Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. I've always believed that worship is the way that God uh, not only speaks to us, but touches us. And I'm just saying that. That has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about today. But worship was really good today. Would you agree? Uh, we really try. We really try. Um, so the title of my uh, message is The Greenhouse. And uh, I'll explain why in a little bit. But uh, just, just what's been going on with me recently is uh, I've been focusing a lot on plants, right? And it's like the number one gift that your mom wants on Mother's Day and her birthday. Like, no, mijo, just give me a plant. I need a plant for my, or give, or give me a pot, right? Uh, so me and Jasmine recently got a house. And, um, man, it's that you got to, you know, you got to do the maintenance. You got to cut the grass. You got to water. You got to, uh, if she wants plants, good thing she didn't want it. Otherwise, I'd be doing it too. Uh, like a flower blade and all that stuff, but uh, it's it's been it's been it's been good. Growing up, I didn't I hated being outside. So me and the heat, I'd rather be cold with a million jackets on than be in the heat and sweating. But to some people, uh, they love to sweat, like my wife. Um, so, <clears throat> but it's been good. But I've always hated it, right? So now that we got the house, guess who does the yard work? Jasmine. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, right, could you imagine? She's like, heck no, I'm not doing that. Uh, but no, yeah, so I took on, took on that responsibility, right? And so all the men kind of get a whoop, whoop, yard work. Yeah, there's some men that are like super passionate about their grass. Like every Saturday, Saturday morning, they got the music on, they got the tejano, they're working on the grass, right? <laughs> South Texas, we know how that is, right? But um I'm just going to be honest, I, I don't do the best with watering my grass. And, and it just isn't, you know, we get lazy, we get home, like we just want to, you know, relax, be inside. You know, I don't want to uh, turn the sprinkler on, drag the hose, move the plants, do this and do that. I just, ah. so believe it or not, I actually bought a bonsai tree. And there, does anybody know what a bonsai tree is? Just uh, they call it a dwarf plant because it stays so small. Uh, some of them get big, but um, I ended up buying one, and I kind of, I kind of killed it. <laughs> and when I got it, um, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna put this on my windowsill. I'm gonna water it every day. I'm gonna get like, uh, like candles and just make it real homey, you know? Because nothing makes it a home if you don't got plants. Am I right? So." I bought the bonsai tree, and I had it for like two months. And and so, um, and not only that, but I would forget to pick up the blinds and the shades. So it, it was just, it got droopy eye, okay? It just would fall over. It didn't look happy at all, okay? So uh, I was like, man, you know what? Okay, let me put this outside. That way, at least I don't have to worry about the shade and whatnot. Put it outside, still didn't water it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as you can tell, I'm not the best. Uh, but I've always, I've always loved greenery. Like you, even so, my dream vacation, if you ask me where I would want to go, it'd be Asia because you see stuff on Discovery Channel, it's nothing but green. And when I think about that, I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm just a homebody. Like I, I love peace and quiet. I love my own personal space. Like don't get in my bubble or it's going to bother me. But I, that, the, the green does that for me. It, it, it just makes me ask all these questions like, what is, what, do we really need plants? Like, why is, the, why is the neighbor's grass so green all the time? Like, he's got to show it off or what? You know? Like, they just, the greenery just makes me ask all these questions. And, and because I didn't do well with watering our grass and the plant, the plant and my grass both died. Okay? And then we had a, we had this big, um, just a big chunk of rain before the end of the school year. And next thing, it rained for like a week. Next thing you know, everybody's grass is green. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it looks good, looks good. And Jasmine said, yeah, you know what that means, right? I was like, what? She's like, you got to keep watering it. I was like, okay, yeah, but I'll be good for a while. <laughs> so uh, when I think about green, I, the number one question that I think to myself is like, man, how can I, how can I keep my grass green, right? How can I keep my plants and these things that I care about, how can I make them well? How can I, how can I steward it well? How can I put it in the best position for it to continue to grow and to bloom and to blossom, right? So I've been thinking about that a lot. And the Lord, I feel like, brought me to this, uh, these sets of scriptures, and I just want to share them with you, and I pray that they bless you. Uh, so let's uh, go in prayer really quick. Father, we thank you for this time that we get to spend in your word. And I thank you for this message. I thank you for everybody that's here. I thank you for your house, God. And I just pray that we have a good and awesome time in fellowship with you, that you would lead and guide us, God, and that you would show us everything that you need to and that you want us to know about who you are in your word this morning. And everybody said amen. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, we're going to go to uh, John 15. John 15 uh, may be a familiar passage. Uh, it's talking about the vine, Jesus being the vine. And chapter 15, verse 1, we'll start there. Uh, and just a little bit of backstory. This is probably uh, right in the middle of Jesus' ministry. Um, he just got done telling the disciples that, hey, I'm going to leave for a little while, but don't be afraid because you're going to have help. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And the way the Holy Spirit is going to work is the Holy Spirit will teach you everything that I teach you. It will lead you to the truth. It will teach you and guide you in the way that the Father wants you to be taught and guided. And so he leads on to this part, talking about the vine. And we'll begin in verse 1. It says, I am the true vine. And I'm reading from the ESV. Uh, I, am the true, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So immediately here, he, he's giving roles. Okay? He's letting you know this is who I am, and this is who my father is. Okay? Uh, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
first picture that came into my head was, you know, like when you're a teenager and you shave for the first time and then it just comes back all wild. That was me. I mean, of course, I can't really grow a beard. I, I try to do my best, but my genes, you know, but nevertheless, this is, that's the picture that I got in my head. And so understand that the overall goal and the overall uh, mission is that you would bear fruit. That that is what he's talking about. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Okay, so there is a consequence. And every branch that does, that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Okay? I'll tell your neighbor, I want more fruit. Okay? I want more fruit. Yes, sir. Strawberries. Okay. Already, in verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So here's the equation. You plus you equals zero. I know, kind of depressing, right? But that's, that's what we're working with here because God wants us to understand that we in our own self me, myself, and I equal no good thing, okay? So let's just, right off the bat, rip the band-aid off, okay? Me, myself, and I can do no good thing. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, okay? So you can't have an apple and another apple and then make an apple tree, right? That's what he's talking about. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So here we understand that the only way we can do good things is if we're connected to the vine. Okay? In other words, if I, oh man, that looks good. Uh, let me just, uh, okay, I got sticky fingers, right? Like that, that's what he's talking about, that. I can do no good thing unless I am connected to this, okay? We got that? Cool. He says in 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If, you, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Ooh. I don't want to be that one. Well, what he's saying here is that if you disconnect, okay, if you disconnect, you may feel a little have to deal with, okay, you may start to go through stuff. You may have to deal with an issue or two. I know for me that in my life when I'm doing the best that I can for the Lord and being the most productive is when I'm constantly connected to the vine. Okay, when I'm constantly connected and dwelling, and see that word abide, it's a, it's a number of things, but it means to stay, right? It means to remain, to dwell, to continue, to endure all the things that you could ever need as you go through this life. That word abide can be used in your relationship with the Lord. So if you're going through something, right, because we all know that there are seasons. We go through seasons in life. If I'm going through a fire, right, if I stay in the Lord, 
if I'm going through a trial and I need blessing, if I remain in the Lord. I, w- I can imagine that in everything that you go through, if you would reiterate that saying to you, God, if, just let me abide in you. Let me remain in you. Let me stay in you because I know that apart from you, I can do nothing. And we as a church need to understand that we're not, we're not a church building because we're built with bricks and wood and frames. We're, we're not a building. We're not a church because of that. We're only a church if we're connected to this. We're only a church if we are built on the vine, if we're built on the word of the Lord, okay? And so just like he spoke about the Holy Spirit, this is Jesus saying, do as I do and say as I say, just as my father. He's thrown away like a branch. And six, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. Notice here that the first time he says abide, he says abide in me. Now he's saying abide in my words. Abide in my words and my words abide in you. Ask what you wish and it will be done for you. And here he's teaching them that when you're connected to this and you pray, it will be done for you because you're connected. Okay? See, we can make prayers and we can ask the Lord to do a, a number of different things, but sometimes you ever notice that that stuff doesn't happen all the time, right? And so to me, I take this as like if I'm going through something and I say, God, would you, would you take this away? Would you remove this from my life? Sometimes I don't. I don't think that that's what God is wanting of us. Because you may be able to remove yourself from the situation, but that doesn't mean that the situation is done with and over and you won't see it again. What happens when we change our prayer instead of saying, God, take me out this situation, but saying, God, would you help me remain in the middle of this situation? Would you just give me a little bit more strength, a little bit more grace, a little bit more faith to remain because I know that when you say it is good, it is good. Okay? This is the vine. If we're connected, it's correct. If we're not connected, it's very simple, right? If we're not connected, it's not good. Okay? But he's saying here that whatever you ask, if you remain and my words remain in you, that it'll be done. See, because you'll notice that the more time you spend with this, the more your prayer life changes. The more you find that you're praying for other things rather than yourself. Okay? Where are we at? Sorry. Eight. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Uh, What do you mean prove? Uh, I I mean... uh, once saved, always saved. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's what it means to prove to be my disciples because faith without works is dead. 
Okay? We need to understand that it's more than just coming on a Sunday. It's more than just saying you're a Christian. It's more than what you think. You got to prove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? You got to prove it. You're not proving your salvation. Okay? You are saved, but you need to work it out. Okay? You need to practice that faith. You need to put it into action. If I just go and say that I'm a Christian because I go to church on Sunday, that's not enough. And what he's saying here is that we as a body, as a people, need to understand that when is going through the motions ever going to get to us? When are we as a church ever going to get tired of doing the bare minimum? It's more than just a Sunday. In fact, it's more than just a Sunday and a Wednesday. Okay? What does your fruit and your grass and your house, what does it look like on Monday? What does it look like on Tuesday? Because as you can see, I don't do the best. My grass is dead. Okay? And I feel like the Lord is saying here, we need to understand that it's more than just going through the motions. I can do nothing good unless I abide in him. You'll also notice that you don't find peaches on an apple tree, right? The fruit resembles the characteristics of the tree, okay? So when he's saying abide in me as I abide in you, he's saying that good fruit and not bearing the good fruit. And I'll be honest, I mean, the other day, I didn't do the best because... So, you know, crazy drivers, everybody been there. And I just, uh, I said, all right, you want to do that? I got some for you. I got some for you. <laughs> and I didn't make the best choice. And right after, I was like, ah, I'm sorry, Lord. I, we've all been there. Because I chose to respond in my human flesh. I chose to not be connected to this. Rather, I could have just said, you know what, God? It's good. You know what? You're making me like you. You know what? I'm going to be okay. Amen? Okay. Where are we at? As a father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Okay. So first he said, abide in me. Then he said, abide in my words. And now he's saying, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you so that your joy may be full. Well, see, I, I told you that, that I bought a bonsai, right? Well, the truth is, I've had a bonsai before. Yeah, and you can guess how that went. But it wasn't until after the bonsai died that I realized what really happened. And so when you have these plants, you have to have them in a special pot that can drain, right? 
And so I chose to get a pot and didn't pay attention if it had a place for the drain. So I would water that thing and fill it to the top and make sure it was soaking wet, but I wasn't letting it drain. Okay? And there's one thing that we need to understand is that the kingdom of God is like, a, like that, almost like a funnel. Because when God gives you something, okay, you will get what you need. But the stuff that runs over, that's for somebody else. So when we get filled and when we come on a Sunday, it's important for us that we remember that, sorry, I just got distracted by my wife. Love you. It's important that we remember that the excess is not for me. Okay? Every time you get filled with the Spirit and you spend time in the Word, that Word, okay, that extra anointing, that extra favor, that extra blessing is not for you. Okay? Keep going. 12, it says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. In other words, I need to remember that my grass, watering my grass, is not about me. It's about my home. It's about my family. It's about my children. Yeah, it may seem like a, like a tedious task, but what God is really saying, can you take care of what I have given you? Okay? We're talking about the vine, right? He is the vine. We are the branches. Okay? I'm not in the will of God if I'm not connected to this. I'm not doing my part as a believer, not proving that I'm here for other people. You see, I'll be honest. I love God, but I love other stuff too. <laughs> I like my guitars. <laughs> I like my tech, right? But the fact is that you don't realize until, you don't realize how selfish you are until you get asked something of the Lord, right? So as you may have heard, yes, we are pregnant and we are expecting here pretty soon. But the truth is that I know my life is going to change Right? Everybody who has parents probably can confirm to that. But the truth is that part of me doesn't want it to change. Like, like when we're single and, and before we get married. Now you're in conjunction with somebody else. You run their plan, your plans by them. You, you can't just get up and leave, you know. But, see, having a child 
is something so amazing. And now I don't know, I don't know anything about parenthood yet compared to you guys. You guys are such awesome people. But I think I can say that having a child teaches you how to not live for yourself. Right? I realized that I was being selfish because I wanted my things, my way, not paying attention to this. But then God says, hey, you're having a baby. What a blessing. And what the right timing. If you keep this commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, greater love than no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You know what being connected to the vine is like? It's like desperate dependence. You see, the thing about vines is that they need support. This is why you see them running up along buildings and attached to structures. Vines, they fall. They have trails, they droop. They need dependence. They don't exist without dependence. And so this idea that God is saying, I am the vine, you are the branches, we can only exist and do good and follow out this word if we are dependent upon him. So how desperate are you during the week, in your own time, in your own vehicle, when somebody's coming at you, when you're going through stuff, how desperate are you to depend on this? Amen? Sorry. It's kind of tough. Can we go to Mark 11? Mark 11, verse 12. This is the uh, parable about the fig tree. How long has it been? Am I okay? I'm almost done. <laughs> this is uh, the parable about the fig tree. And uh, we maybe you've heard it before that God curses the fig tree for a specific reason. Hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig leaf or fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. I bet he was pretty upset. But see, the thing about the fig tree is that. It had leaves on the outside, okay? So from a distance, it looked like it should have had what it was supposed to. It wasn't the season, but there was leaves on it. In other words, it looked good on the outside, but it was barren on the inside. I think that's why he, and notice that he said, you. 
may no one ever eat from you. And when I, when I hear this parable, I think that I would hate to be the one that when somebody comes to me hungry, I don't have anything to give them. That when somebody is in need of something, I'm barren on the inside because I'm not connected to the vine. You got to remember that your fruit is not for you. Your fruit is for other people. What would it be if the kingdom of God is just all about me? God, show me this, teach me that, give me this, and do that for me. No. And yes, we come on a Sunday to be filled, but more so than that, it's to let everybody know, hey, I'm going through the same thing. I was just struggling with that. You know what? God showed me this. Your fruit is not for you. And when somebody comes hungry, I hope that you would be in season. That is what God is saying. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And when you get fruit, I will prune it that you make more. Talking about that excess. And yes, you're going to have what you need. But the extra is for the person next to you. And if you've ever thought that you don't have anything to offer, that you don't have things to give to other people, that no one may ever notice you, I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. He said it in the beginning of, verse, of chapter 15. That you would bear fruit. That's the mission. That's the goal. I promise. I promise. That you have purpose. And that purpose is to bear fruit. That purpose is for you to give. That purpose is for you to bless And, you know, sometimes it's so crazy that even just a hug can make somebody cry. Even just a question, hey, how are, you, how are you doing? You doing okay? You know, like when we're in the grocery store, hey, how's it going? Hello, how are you? And we just say, oh, we're doing good. Okay, pass on, go. No more business. But what if we were to say, okay, God, I'm going to abide in you. Hey, how's it going this morning? You guys doing okay? Yes, we're here. Yes, how are, you know what? I'm doing all right, but the better question is, how are you? Boom. Tears. Conversation. Dependence. I promise that you got something to give. I don't want to be the one that's barren on the inside. What does my fruit look like? Probably a little dry. 
You see, back in the Old Testament, when it came to the vineyards and all the farms, those things would show the abundance of God's favor in their life, in their farming. Not only would it show the favor of the Lord, but it would also show his presence. I want my life to be like a pasture of green field so that when people see me, they know that they can come. So that when people talk to me, they'll know that, hey, there's something different about this man. I want to go in the grocery store and pray for somebody and their life get blessed just because I said yes to the Lord. I want to know what it's like to see the miracles and the signs and the wonders happen with my own eyes. Not because I did it, but because I said yes to the vine. At what point we as a body, as a people, as a church will say, I'm done with the bare minimum. Where all we strive for and all that we seek is for the kingdom of heaven to be at hand. Within arm's reach. Within arm's dependence of the next person. Hey, I'm here too. This life is not about me. These words are not about me. My struggles and my hurts and my pain and my experience is not about me. It's about being connected to the vine so that when the next person comes to get fruit and is hungry, I can give them something. It don't have to be a lot. It don't have to be anything crazy over the top. It's just a simple say, here. To remind them that you got purpose. God is with you. So I continue to ask this question, how do, I, how do I keep my grass green? How do I keep my plants alive? Let me go to, uh, let's go to Proverbs 4, uh, verse 10. Oops, sorry. Proverbs 4. Y'all are going to beat me. I don't like losing. Ask my wife. Neither does she. I read this set of scriptures and it's like God watering my life to show me this is what it looks like. Starting in verse 10, it says, Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of, of uprightness. 
When you walk, you're sitting and don't let go. Somebody say amen. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like a light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. I love this part. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. You want to know how to stay connected to the vine? You want to know how to keep your grass green? You want to know how to keep your family from falling apart? You want to know how to go through struggle? You want to know how to be patient in trial? My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them. I asked somebody a question when I was hungry and when I was broken and when I needed healing and when I needed peace, I went to someone and I'm thankful that they knew Jesus because that Jesus is my Lord today. People are going to come to you People are going to ask. And when they find that, when they find him, they find life. If it's how can you give life with your fruit if it's dead? How can you give if you're barren on the inside, this is what it looks like. Listen, incline your ear, be attentive. I know it's hard. It's, it's not always easy. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to be dependent. I'm not asking you to have it all together. I'm asking you to have something.
I wonder what it would be like if you woke up in the morning or you spend time at night and when you open this thing, God, what worry do you have for somebody else? Because when I begin to remember and abide and rely on him, I know that my prayer changes that, you know what? They're going through something worse. I can wait. I can put this to the side because I know that somebody needs something. If your prayer is not for the benefit of the kingdom, then what are we praying for? I've been selfish with that. I haven't always remained in him. What is God saying? He's saying don't let go. Because apart from this, it means nothing. And when he talks about evil, he says, avoid it. Don't walk in it. Did he say that it would never happen? Did he say that you would never be faced with it? No, he says, turn away and pass. See, because things may look good, but I got to turn away. It may be easy for me to walk away, to run away from the situation, but I got I to gotta, I gotta pass on. The greenhouse. How long has it been? I'm almost done. Does that sound familiar? No, worship team, y'all can come up for real. The greenhouse. I probably learned about the greenhouse, I don't know, third, fourth grade. I don't remember much. It's been a long time, I'm getting kind of old. But the greenhouse is the idea that plants and fruit and trees and that they're put in this environment to grow and to learn all that they do about plant life. Like 95% of their tissue is water. But see, in the greenhouse, it's this enclosure, right? And you have somebody who runs it, somebody who owns it, somebody who's in charge of the maintenance where they give them water every day. The temperature inside the greenhouse is regulated. They have constant exposure to the sun. And the thing about the greenhouse is that the plants don't need to do anything. The only thing they got to do is stay in there. 
The thing about their greenhouse is that they have constant exposure to the sun. They get watered every day. The temperature is just the right temp. You know what that tells me? What a picture. What a picture of the kingdom of God. That if we would just remain and stay and wait, all the things that we need are here in this. You are given every amount of tool and teaching and experience to give when you stay in this. What's your job? How do you prove it? Stay in the greenhouse. Because there, you're set up to grow. You know what the plants do? Zero. You know why? Because them of themselves can do only unless they're connected and in the greenhouse. In 1 Corinthians, there's uh, an apostle, his name is Paul, and he's trying to He's trying to explain to the people because they're bickering and saying, well, I go to this pastor and I go to this church and uh, you know what? I do church at home. And he's saying, hey, you can do what you think, but he says this. Forgive me if I'm paraphrasing him. He says, I planted the seed, meaning him as a teacher, he planted the seed, the word, the word that he knew, his testimony his experiences, and he says, Apollos watered, meaning their ministry leader or somebody else, his friend, his mentor, he watered. But he says this, he who plants and who waters are nothing. They're one and the same. And they'll get paid for their labor. They won't be forgotten. But here's the best part. He says, God is in charge of the growth. I know it sounds crazy. But even you, producing fruit, is not up to you. God is in charge of the growth. The only thing that you have to do is be connected. Because when you're connected, all you want is to see the kingdom flourish. 
Would you guys stand with me this morning? What am I saying? I'm not saying that you don't have to prove it. You prove that you're a Christian, a believer, people of the way. When you continually are dependent on this, Because when somebody says, hey, brother, how come you guys don't have a house yet? How come you don't have children? How come you've been praying for 10 years and haven't seen anything? When we're connected to this, our response, it says, brother, it doesn't matter. Because the growth is up to God. I'm not in control of that. What I am in control of is staying right here on the word of God. That's what I'm in control of. I can choose to say yes to the Lord every morning. Does that mean that I will see miracles, signs, and wonders every day in my life? No. Because that's not up to me. This is what we're in charge of. This is what we can do while we're here is the fact that say, God, I will stay. I will remain. All I need is right here in the word of God. I can do nothing else but say yes. It's not your job. It's not your job to make it grow. All things were created for him and by him and through him. You didn't make anything. It's a simple equation. You, me, myself, and I equals zero. But Jesus the Holy Spirit and Father God. You see, that's the greenhouse. The Holy Trinity where all things line up. The temperature's right. There's food and water. It's a dwelling place. The Holy Trinity was never meant to exclude us. The purpose of the Trinity is that we would stay right in the middle. My son, be attentive to my words. Listen. Don't let them from your sight. What he's saying is don't. Oath is up to God. You know what happens when we let go? That's when we find rest. That's when we find peace.
that's when we shine. Is the, is the prayer team here? Can the prayer team come up? Listen, uh, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's wrong. All I know is that we all need Jesus. Not just for the sake of ourselves, but for the person next to us. That's what we got to remember. You may be the one that's been praying for a long time. I'm here to encourage you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Thank you for joining us this week. Our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing. If you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.